Good afternoon and welcome to the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle Technology Now Online Summit. My name is Amanda Norris and I am the Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders and will serve as your moderator for this session. In our closing session of today's event, we, we will have a fireside chat titled Improving Revenue Cycle Performance with Enhanced Workflows and Transactions, sponsored by Novalon. Thank you to our sponsor and to you and our audience for participating today. Before we get started, I have a few housekeeping details. Our program will be 30 minutes in length. Note that an on-demand version of this program will be available approximately one day after the completion of the event and can be assessed during, accessed during the same login link that you used for the live program. To ensure that you can see all the content for the event, please maximize your event window and be sure to adjust your computer volume settings and or PC speakers for optimal sound quality. Next, you'll find a resources list for today's webinar in the upper right of your screen. Here we have listed the event program guide for you to download that provides topic and panelist information from each ses session, along with the program slide deck and resources from our sponsor. Finally, should you experience any technical difficulties during today's program and need assistance, please click on the help widget, which has a question mark icon and covers common technical issues. At this time, it's my pleasure to introduce our guest for today's discussion. James Andrews, Vice President of Product Management at Innovalon. Thank you, James, for joining us today. And with that, let's um, get into our discussion. So, uh, yeah, hi. Well, I was going to start off by having you introduce yourself. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Innovalon? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm vice president of product in our provider business unit, um, and I'm responsible for Innovalon's patient access and network products. Um, some of the audience may be more familiar with us as Ability Network, um, and I would imagine many of them are part of the 40,000 sites of care um, and, and over 160,000 users that use our MyAbility platform today. Um, and they use it to get um, their administrative work done, really collaborating with the payers. Um, so I'm responsible really for a couple of things, um, making sure that our products help our customers to be successful in meeting their revenue cycle management goals. Um, and then the second piece is really about continuing to extend our products um, and making sure that staff can remain successful, um, particularly as the industry evolves. Awesome. Thank you. I didn't know if you were going to go on there. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no problem. So there are a lot of vendors offering, offering revenue cycle management products, and it's been said that 97% of all medical claims are electronic. So. Haven't a lot of the challenges been solved already? Um, yes and no um, is, is probably a good way to think about it. Um, certainly there are a lot of revenue cycle management products in the market today, but there's an awful lot more to being successful with, with revenue cycle management than you know, simply getting an electronic claim and getting it in the hands of the right payer. Um, successful revenue cycle management is really a team effort across different parts of the site of care. It really begins up front with the pre-service uh, check-in processes. 
um, and making sure that the staff have the tools to verify the patient information um, and making sure that they understand what coverage each, each patient has up front. And I see that you've covered um, you know, a lot of this in some of the previous sessions in this program. Um, those upfront processes, um, they're not independent of all of the things that the people in the back office are doing. The front end processes need to dovetail with all of the post service products. So the processes that handle activities like, you know, actually creating that claim, ensuring that the content of the claim meets all of the specific payers rules so it gets paid. Um, and then one of the things that people don't really think about is really all of those ancillary processes. Things like, you know, checking the status of the claim, you know, where is it? When am I going to get paid? Um, getting the actual payment and reconciling it. Um, and then managing and tracking any additional work around, you know, justifying the claim to the payer. And so you've got to think about some of the workflows around audit and appeals processes too. So that's kind of where, you know, we as leaders in the industry have some work to do. We've spent, frankly, years focused on building out standard, uh, you know, transactions uh, to allow providers and payers to collaborate electronically around some of these steps. Um, and, you know, for the nerds in the room, I'm really referring to the HIPAA EDI transactions. However, when you take a step back and you, you look at the full revenue cycle management lifecycle, you'll see a couple of things. Um, the standards don't cover some of the key processes. Um, you know, a good example that I just sort of touched on is really the process around working with a payer to send information that justifies the reason for the claim. Um, much of that process today really falls to paper. And, you know, as a result, you know, if a claim gets denied, it can cost anywhere from $25 in an ambulatory site of care to $118 for an acute site of care to actually put an appeal in, in place. And ultimately, that's one of the big reasons that 65% of denied claims never get resubmitted. And that's a tremendous impact to providers across the nation. There are also huge differences in the process depending upon the payer that you're working with. So, you know, one way to think about what's going on in the site of care is that if you're a typical provider, you'll be seeing 20 to 30 patients a day. Your admin team is likely to be working with at least 10 different payers. And so your staff, in order to do these RCM processes, they're going to be working across three to five different tools and different websites to really try and get the job done and all of the information in one place. And so you've got to kind of think through all of the inefficiency um, that, that comes with that. And frankly, it's always astonishing to me, you know, the complexity that the staff are able to manage with the tools that they have today. Given that, where do enhanced workflows help? Um, yeah. So, you know, originally, I think with the, the HIPAA transactions, there was this vision of a sort of one-size-fits-all, straightforward process, right? The, the reality is there's still a lot of complexity that I've talked about here in the system that people are having to manually work around. So, you know, what we've been really focused on at the Novalon is 
you know, creating processes that really go, you know, just beyond the standard um, workflows that we do today. Um, so, you know, what we do at Anovalon is um, we are obviously building workflows that support the key RCM steps, but we're also enhancing them with logic and rules that really look at the patient's context and then automatically figures out, you know, which system do I go get the required information for that context? So perhaps a really good example would be to, you know, imagine you're a hospital and as such, you know, you're going to see a variety of Medicare, uh, Medicaid and commercially insured payment uh, patients. And, you know, in each case, you're going to have to know where do I send the claim? How do I check the status of that claim? So I know where it is in terms of being processed by the payer. And then you're going to have to reconcile that, that payment, right? So, you know, for a Medicare claim, um, you know, Innovon has put in place an enhanced process. So what I mean by that is we will look at the patient, we'll look at the type of claim, and then based on that, we'll determine which uh, Medicare contractor or MAC um, needs to manage that claim. And we'll make sure that we send the claim to the right place. Then we'll automatically go out to the CMS DDE systems and we'll automatically pull in the status for that claim. And then as the status changes, our enhanced workflows will really um, notify the user of that change. And then we'll automatically reconcile the remit and we'll flag any payment discrepancies around that claim so that all of the information around that revenue cycle management process is all done sort of behind the scenes um, for, the, for the user. So from the user's perspective, you know, what we're trying to do is really take the complexity away from them, let the technology figure, figure that out for them. And so, you know, if you were doing a claim for a commercial organization, it would be a very, very different process, right? You would submit the claim to the payer, you'd do a 276, 277 to get that claim back, right? So very different, but basically you're managing the same information. So for us, you know, the enhanced workflow piece is really about building in the intelligence and the logic in our workflows so that the system can handle getting all of the information and helping the user um, really focus on the content rather than the process itself. Oh, that's great, thank you. So I know earlier we talked a little bit about the industry continually evolving and how do enhanced workflows and transactions help organizations to keep up with changes? Uh, yes, well, uh, as I think everyone in, in, on this call knows, um, healthcare is never dull. Uh, changes are announced on a regular basis. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we do with enhanced transactions, they're really all about making the workflow more intelligent in terms of helping the users pull together the information they need. So perhaps a really good example of how we had to address changes in the industry rather rapidly, actually, um, for our customers, was to help navigate the uh, Medicare beneficiary ID change. So, you know, if you wind the time machine back uh, before January 2020, Medicare used to require a patient identifier. 
Um, it was a thing called the health insurance claim number, but I'm pretty sure everyone in the industry refers to it as a HICN. Um, it was required on any electronic transaction with Medicare. So if you're doing an eligibility transaction, you know, what's the HICN to identify the member? If you're creating a claim, you've got to add the HICN. And if you need the status of the claim, everything was keyed off that, you know, magic HICN number. And so as you can imagine, that HICN um, really became an essential part of every senior's medical record in the country. Um, effectively, it was the way to identify a senior from a healthcare perspective. Um, and, you know, one way to think about it is to some extent, it's a bit like the ignition key to your car. You know, you better have that key if you actually want the car to start. So, you know, here's the change and here's the challenge that, that happened. Um, Hicken was based on an individual social security number. Um, and as part of the macro legislation in 2015, Congress required Medicare to remove social security numbers from Medicare cards. And, you know, as a result, every senior was given a new Medicare card with a, a new type of ID, um, which was, you know, helpfully called Medicare Beneficiary Identifier or MBI in the industry. So you can just imagine the impact to all of the administrative staff around the sites of care around the country. You know, you can imagine them on the phone, um, you know, whilst you're, you know, on the phone with Mr. or Mrs. Senior scheduling that appointment, could you just ask them for their MBI? Oh, yeah, you know, that 11-digit random alphanumeric text thing that CMS sent them in the mail, right? Uh, the thing that they probably thought was spam or junk and threw in the trash. And so, you know, without that MBI, the admin staff were effectively locked out of a lot of their standard transactions. There were, were ways to go find an MBI, but they weren't easy and they weren't part of, of the standard RCM workflows. And for some providers like labs that, you know, don't necessarily have a direct relationship with the patient, it's gonna be very difficult to get the MBI at all. So, you know, what, uh, you know, we did was, you know, over the last three years, um, we've connected our provider services platform, MyAbility, to become part of the Innovalon One platform. And the Innovalon One platform contains the largest primary source patient data set in the country. It covers nearly 350 million lives covering 68 billion medical events. So using that new architecture, we were really able to create an enhanced Medicare eligibility transaction. And we were able to do it really within a matter of weeks. And what we did was really quite simple. We let staff enter either HICN or an MBI identifier in their eligibility workflow. So they don't have to do anything different. Um, and then behind the scenes, our software automatically looks at the format of the ID. And if it's a HICN, then it automatically looks at our Innovalon One data um, and it looks at a crosswalk that we have and it maps HICN to MBI. And then once we know that MBI for that patient, then we simply use the MBI for the rest of the steps. It's a, it's a very simple technique, but it's a tremendously powerful approach 
that really helped solve a potentially significant challenge for a lot of people in the industry. That's great. I remember that um, very well. I was actually working in patient access when they made that change in 2015. And I remember the patients really struggling with with it, like more so than the staff, because they were adamant that, you know, their social security number was their ID number and it was crazy. So this would have been very helpful for sure. Um, I definitely, and, I would, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, and I can, I can imagine my kind of phone conversation was really the conversation that was happening. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, have you found that that has really helped enhance the front end um, yes, um, it's actually, um, you know, a great example of how we've combined some of our strengths around both, you know, the data sets we have and the subject matter uh, we have around putting these transactions and workflows together um, that, that really resonated with our users on the front end. Um, you know, it started off as something that we thought this will be a temporary issue in the industry. We figured it'll take six months for people to figure this out. Three years later, we, we are still seeing that used a lot. So it just sort of tells you that how deeply ingrained some of these key, key fields and data elements that people rely on are in their systems and just how impactful a change truly is. Yeah, I bet that's great. And so I'm sure it's really helping, you know, with staffing shortages and, you know, moving all of that along and making everything more efficient. So uh, that's wonderful. So when you're looking ahead, what's next for revenue cycle technology or the industry as a whole? Um, yeah, so we, we really are looking at, um, there are a lot of gaps in, in the RCM process today. Um, a lot of the solutions out there today are really we're really focused on the standards rather than the workflow. Um, we sort of take a slightly different perspective at that at Innovalon. For us, it's all about ensuring that the staff have the right workflow. Um, and then we take care of all the difficult bits about standards and making sure that the data and information you have can kind of fit in the appropriate standard, if you like. And the reason we do that is because if the staff are happy, if they're productive, they've got the right tools, then the revenue cycle outcomes that you really want to follow will really come along for the ride. So we sort of try and focus on the user, understanding their problems and making it work for them. Um, and so when we look at some of the gaps that are in RCM, um, you know, things that we've been focused on most recently this year, we've just released our registration assurance product. It's the first product in our patient access suite. And you know what we've been doing there is it's really about helping the providers with those pre-service uh, processes so that we're actually mitigating some of the work that happens behind or downstream around claim denials. And as we sort of look forward into second half of 22, 23, we're looking at gaps um, and focus areas around um, things like prior auth. We hear that there are huge problems around that for people in the industry, which then impacts the revenue cycle process later. Um, and then the other area that we continue to focus on is we really continue to focus on ways that we can use our Innovalon One data set 
um, to, to meaningfully help the providers, you know, resolve the financial and administrative complexities that they run into. And I think that's sort of a trend that we see across the industry. It used to be you have the administrative data and it's very independent of the clinical data. Well, as we move forward, those, those lines are certainly blurring and there's certainly opportunities to kind of match some of the clinical data to augment the administrative data. So those are the types of things that we're doing as we put together new workflows. That's great. Well, thank you so much, James. Um, so unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today, um, but this was an excellent discussion. So I was very happy to have you on this panel. And I just want to thank you for an excellent discussion again and our sponsor, Anovalon, for making this session possible. Um, finally, I want to give a special thanks to our panel sponsors, TrueBridge, Acasa, and AccuReg, for making this event possible. Over the past several, several hours, we have heard from healthcare experts and our sponsors about key strategies and tactics for tackling the future needs of healthcare organizations, as well as making sure you're set up for success. We look forward to seeing you again for future Health Leaders webinars, and this concludes the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle Technology Now Online Summit.